0: 2006 and this year we get introduced to eric church with his debut album sinners like me so emily is one of the biggest eric church fans around (laughs) let's let's talk about his debut album let's let's it's the album collection and he has a whole bunch of albums in his collection but i love that you decided to start with his debut album
1: been listening to the album like for a few days now in preparation for this just to brush up on my uh, knowledge and it's great because I have it on vinyl and when I can't listen to it on vinyl I listen to it on my phone I have it everywhere, it's wonderful and of course it sounds better on vinyl but regardless um, I don't know I think I was looking at his albums and there's other ones and maybe some people will think there's better ones but I don't know how many people have like this good of a debut album I think but don't let me like don't let me carry on here but I think it didn't get its due back in 2006 I think people now at least like much of the church choir look back on it and are like that was a really good album lots of good songs I don't think it was really appreciated in it's day
0: you want to know my thoughts?
1: not really but go ahead
0: see why? why why do you think why do you think I want to be negative about it no
1: I'm just kidding go ahead
0: you're, you're scared
1: <laughs>
0: a little no, no 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 trust me trust me okay here's, right. here's the thing honestly I think if Eric Church would if, if he hadn't released that album in 2006 if he would release those same songs in 2020 or in 2021 I think people would be going absolutely bananas for it and I think it would honestly get album of the year nominations i i really do because as i listen to this i knew a fa- i knew a few of the singles but i listened to every song and the the depth and the songwriting and the way he's able to execute on it and put his own emotion into it you can you can picture him in these songs and what they mean to him like you said for a debut album i don't think it gets appreciated the way some of the other debut albums might be right where let's say I'm, I don't, I can't think of an artist off the top of my head, but their debut album, they have, let's say for instance, actually, no, I I do have a good one. So Russell Dickerson, I love Russell Dickerson, right? Yeah. His debut album, I think has got him three, number ones, two or three Mm -hmm. or a couple, maybe if they weren't number one, they were top five. And, you look at this album from Eric Church, sinners like me. None of his singles cracked the top ten, and right. but, but I would argue that from start to finish, the quality of the songs is is better um, than mm-hmm. some of the stuff we may hear today, um, and probably was better than some of the stuff we were hearing in two thousand six. So I got your back.
1: Yeah, thank you. I really wow. That was okay. We can just end it right there. Um, no, but to your point, like the four singles, like you started off with, how about you? Which I don't know if that was like the best one to start with, but regardless, um, it was that one, uh, what else guy like me and then two pink lines and sinners like me. And I think sinners like me, was that like hit 50 on the charts whatever it was?
0: Yeah. It didn't even crack top 40
1: yeah but that's the crazy thing is and i know like every show that he puts on is different so it could have just been the one show that i've been to but he ended his three-hour concert with sinners like me and the whole crowd saying it like word for word and i think that's so like it's crazy you just don't like hear of
0: that right and i i think so with new artists right i think part of the Traditionally, with a new artist, I think there's a lot of pressure from management and labels and marketing and everything in between that. A debut single has to be this upbeat kind of thing. So, you mm-hmm. know, how about you? I think it's a really great song, and mm-hmm. I, I think there was probably some pressure that, hey, you have a lot of these deep cuts that like just literally will hit you in the soul and the gut, but. We need to, like, we're going to introduce you this kind of up-tempo way. And I don't, I mean, I would love to ask Eric Church if he could go back in time what his debut single would be. Maybe it's, maybe he'd still choose How About You, but right. part of me thinks now after all these years and him kind of being, you know, in his own lane, doing what he wants, part of me thinks he would choose a different song. Right. Probably. Maybe. I don't
1: think he's one to really live with many regrets, especially if their songs are like he wanted like I've heard um I don't know if it's like articles or interviews he said that songs that he's done like um not not like guys like me but um, Love Your Love the Most he kinda of felt like those weren't really him. Mm. Um they didn't feel true to himself and it was kinda of like the quick cutter what people of country music expected. Um so he didn't even play it like that song when I saw him. Maybe he plays it on different nights, who knows? But I feel like this album and then the one after it was Carolina. I feel like Sinners Like Me is more true to church, especially like how he is now. Like I feel like if you look at his first album mm-hmm. and his most recent one, he's the same guy. Similar he's to the him. same artist. I mean it's still great music, but he's he's remained consistent besides the Outsiders, which is just kinda of like a Different entity. Um, but other than that, I feel like he's created the music
0: that he's wanted to create. Totally agree. And I think, like you said, it was early in his career. So, again, I would love to talk with him about this album in particular. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'd love to ask where does this rank in Eric Church's heart amongst all his albums? Because we'll talk about that in a little bit, like where it ranks yes. amongst others. But it it was his first and honestly there's there are probably so many artists that would kill to have that debut album uh but it's just it's one of those things where he he just wasn't a household name at that point right and uh like i said if if he drops that now or even if he drops that 5 years later i think people are people's heads are spinning like wow right like Absolutely. like oh we know this guy has like some radio hits but whoa, this this guy's, he put together a really great album, so.
1: Right, yeah, he's not bro country or, you know, pop, whatever, but you know what I was actually thinking about? You got me an Eric Church album, I think, for, like, Christmas or my birthday, and it's the, um, like, live version of songs, like, when he's in concert, and it's, like, his, I wouldn't say, like, his top hits, but, like, his better-known, like, more liked songs yeah and i think there's probably like 20 or 25 and i i'm looking at like his list right here and i think all of these songs from his first album are on that
0: really record
1: of yeah there might a few, a couple but the majority of them are there so i think that just shows you he plays the majority of these that his shows yet people still want him to and i think i think that's great because i feel like a lot of artists like Sometimes the first album is some of the best work they do, and they can never reach that level again. But then they they don't play like the deep cuts at their concerts. They play the singles and, and all that, which is fine. But sometimes the fans want the deep cuts that they spent hours listening to.
0: Right, because, yeah, there's probably that push and pull from they want to grow their fan base, and they might realize that everyone at their concert that not everyone at their concert is a, a deep fan that's been with them from the start. So they got to play the hits, but yeah. someone like Eric church,
1: like he doesn't give a crap right. about that,
0: so. A, he doesn't care, but B, his fan base is so passionate that they know the original cuts. They know the original hits that right. it makes complete sense where I, I've never been to one of his concerts, but you have, where it's like, you know, he's going to play a completely different set the first night from the second night. And yeah, you might not hear you know some of the songs that you would have hoped to, but you're gonna hear some great songs no matter what. Like yeah, it's, absolutely, and you're gonna you're gonna know them, you're gonna like them, and I think that's part of his appeal nowadays. You know, fast forwarding, almost 15 years later, um, right. So yeah, one other thing about this album is. This is this was produced by Jay Joyce, and this is when things mm-hmm. just really started going for him in church. Like it's it's pretty apparent that these two work really well together. And you know, I, I think this this set Joyce up to work with a lot of other artists too, whether it's Little Big Town, Keith Urban, Carrie Underwood, Thomas Rhett, but I, I think at the end of the day, like th- these two are together just creates something so magical like I, it's yeah it's just so cool that 2006 his debut album he's on it and he's worked with them ever since and right. there's, there's been no pressure yeah. from either of them to be like eh, let's not let's take this album off or whatever yeah yeah it
1: seems like they probably will obviously both respect each other professionally but then there's also a sense of joy kind of Let's Eric do his thing. He's not going to, like, push him too far away that he doesn't want to go, and that trust probably stayed with Eric from the beginning, you know? He didn't have someone mm-hmm. in his ear early on saying, "No, no, you got to do it this way, or if you make it sound like this, you're going to get more plays. Um, he kind of had someone who understood him, and I think that goes a long way. So, yeah, I, I'm so excited not to, like, get off on another tangent, but to hear the Eric Church, like, was hold away in like some cafe and wrote 28 songs in 28 days. I'm very excited. If really? that can all just be released, that would be
0: great. Oh yeah. That needs to be, he should, he <laughs> should honestly just title it like "Coronavirus cuts or something like that. Yeah. And just, just release 30 songs. Honestly, <laughs> not even like a new music Friday or Thursday night. Like it should be a, yeah. Hey, Monday morning you wake up. Let me tell you, I got you covered this week.
1: Right. It doesn't have to be, like, overly produced. It can just be, like, an iPhone recording of, like... Just demos. What they... Yeah. I'm totally, like, not picky about it. But, yeah. That's how that happened. Wow. That's some deep thoughts.
0: Some great minds on this podcast, folks. Great uh, minds. So, when we look at the songwriters, are there any that jump out to you? Because... Uh, I'll read the list in a minute here, but uh, there's you look at the songwriters and it's like, damn, they've this is a great collection of songwriters. Oh,
1: I didn't look at songwriters, but inform me.
0: Oh, I got you. So, okay, I'll read through the list. Obviously, Church is a co writer on most, if not all, and I think that's a really cool aspect of it. So, um, one of the songwriters, Trent Woolman, he wrote Montgomery Gentry's back when I knew it all. Um, oh, that's a good song. You have Jeremy Spillman. He also wrote Eric uh, Church's hit "Hell on the Heart." Mm. Um, Brett Beavers. He's written Brett Beavers is really close with Dirk Bentley. He's written and produced a crap ton of songs for Dirks, from <laughs> "Come a Little Closer," "Every Mile of Memory," to "Home." Um, he also oh. wrote. He also wrote "Red Solo Cup." So there's that. Um, One of the cool things is Brandon Church, his late brother, um, was a co-writer on this and, you know, obviously other songs, too. Uh, He co-wrote How About You on this album. Oh. Yeah. Um, Some of the other ones, Michael P. Henney, um, he wrote Drink in My Hand and Love Your Love the Most, other church Mm -hmm. hits. He also wrote Ten Rounds with Jose Cuervo. Sounds like a
1: fun guy.
0: Yeah, and then we get to then we get to some some big hitters here. Um, Casey Bethard. Um, oh yeah. He's written everything. He wrote Kenny Chesney's Boys of Fall, I don't blink or Boys of Fall, Don't Blink, Billy Currington's I Got a Feeling." Um, he wrote Church's Homeboy. Uh, then we move to Derek Rutten, Rutin. I'm sorry. I'll get better at these going forward.
1: Confidence, Cohen. Come yeah.
0: On. Okay, Anna. Uh, wrote a ton of dirks. He, Jason Aldeans. Any old bar stool. bunch of Blake. Mine would be you. Came here to forget. Um, and then the really cool part is we get to some. And I always think this is this is super interesting from a from a gender standpoint where I feel like there's this preconceived notion that male artists you know predominantly work with male songwriters because there might be, and vice versa females with female songwriters because yeah naturally there is probably a ton more in common and they can relate to the songs but um, there's three female songwriters on this album that have written some big hits otherwise uh, first one's Marla Cannon Goodman she wrote Rodney Atkins Cleaning This Gun and Leanne Womack's hit the Fool. Uh, another one. Her name is Victoria Shaw. She wrote Garth Brooks' "The River" and uh, John Michael Montgomery's "I Love the Way You Love Me." And then one of the most interesting songwriters on here that I think is her name is Liz Rose. Um, she's written a ton, a ton, a ton of female songs. So she she wrote "Girl Crush" for Little Big Town. She wrote Carrie Underwood's Cry Pretty. Um, but most...
1: Wait, I thought Taylor Swift wrote Girl Crush.
0: No. Uh, Taylor Swift wrote um, uh, the other little big town one. I'll look, yeah. I'll look it up here. <laughs> See. Okay. Uh, Sorry,
1: I just like, what?
0: No, I oh, mean, which one? Girl Crush was written by... Um, it was... A, hang on. Let me pull up the full writers of Girl Crush because we got... Okay. All right. So the writers of Girl Crush, Liz Rose, Hillary Lindsay, and Lori McKenna. Like that was Oh dang. That was a wow, right? Um you're thinking of little big towns better man.
1: Uh, I am. Okay.
0: Never mind. So the other interesting part of this and I th- the reason I think it's really interesting is because Liz Rose has written a ton, a ton of Taylor Swift songs from Tim McGraw to Teardrops on My Guitar to Fearless. She's kind of been in Taylor's corner the whole while. And so this album comes out in 2006 and this is right at the same time, like she's doing stuff with Taylor. So I just think it's, it's so interesting and and really like just cool that she's able to write, write songs for Taylor, but then, Pivot, and granted Taylor was a little bit more country at the time, um, but then pivot and write something for Eric Church, and I'm just like, that's that's when you know that she's such a good songwriter because she's she's not a, a one trick pony. Like she right. she knows how to just write a song, like simple as that. So
1: as much as it pains me like a little bit to say, well, no, it doesn't pain me. I, I'll give Taylor Swift like the credit that she's due because she is a good songwriter and she's she's good at what she does, and she's you know, stay true to who she's been and as evolved. But there's a lot of similarities between like church and Swift and the fact that they like they'll do things their way. They're not gonna like care what the industry says. Um and I also think like Eric, uh back in the day when Taylor was still country, they had a, a good relationship. I don't know if they went on tour together or something, but I think his son, I think my son at the time was like a big Taylor Swift fan and he always admired her craft as well. So there you go. You got me talking about Taylor Swift on my Eric Church podcast, but whatever.
0: Wow. Onward. (laughs) So, okay. Two points. So what you're saying is if Eric Church and Taylor Swift ever tour together again, like it'd be the perfect concert for us to get front row seats to, Right.
1: I would be there. Yeah, I would. That's how much I love Eric.
0: So I I just googled this really quickly because, I, like you said, it sounded familiar that Eric Church and Taylor Swift are pretty tight, right? Yeah. So the title of the article from Taste of Country is "How Eric Church's Rascal Flats Feud Helped Launch yes. Taylor Swift's Career."
1: Yes. Oh, I have read that article. It's pretty great. Right. You should take the time to read it sometime. Definitely.
0: Yeah. So I'm trying to get the gist of it here is that um, Church was opening for Rascal Flats and he was going over his allotted time. And he, like by like half an hour. It yeah. So good. Yeah. So then I think eventually Rascal Flats got mad or frustrated about it. I'm, I don't know if it was the band themselves or like the actual people putting on the show. Um, uh, yes. so then they ended up asking Taylor Swift to open instead. So yeah. boom, there you go. It's not crazy. I mean, Taylor owes her whole
1: career to Eric Church. <laughs>
0: hmm. All right. right, we'll, we'll, we'll sit on that one for a second. <laughs> um, anything else about the songwriters or producers, Jay Joyce? Otherwise I got some really juicy album reviews.
1: Um, I guess could you
0: like the The songs that the women wrote Do you know which songs I do Give me Oh good Give me one moment here Um While okay. I pull it up here Hold sight folks See this is why I should just Always have Wikipedia open Right
1: I mean that's a safe bet
0: Yeah Let's <laughs> see here Sinners like me So Um Let's see here Um Victoria Shaw co-wrote Two Pink Lines with Air Church. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Liz Rose co-wrote um, with Church on the final track called Living Part of Life. I
1: loved that song.
0: And then uh, the other one, Marla Cannon-Goodman, she co-wrote um, the ninth track called Can't Take It With You. Oh, um, yeah. All
1: right. And That's probably would have been the ones I would have assumed, but...
0: Yeah. All right. uh, yeah, and then looking at the the writer credits, Church is a co-writer on every single song, so not surprised there.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that.
0: So, all right, let's let's three get into news. some of these <laughs> album reviews. All right, this is this is just fantastic. So we're going back 14 yeah. years, 2006. So I got three of them. I'm going to read them to you in its entirety for the most part. I summarized a little bit of it, but first the first one is from all music and the reviewer is Todd Sterling. So he writes at a time when country music was sliding deeper and deeper into a soulless pop rut Capitol Records Nashville took a chance on North Carolina native Eric Church and his hard-edged music. With one foot planted firmly in the Hager tradition and the other in the outlaw style of Waylon and Hank Jr., Church stormed onto the charts with his debut album, Sinners Like Me. He grew up listening to old school sounds of the Hager and his outlaw, but he also had one ear turned to the rock and roll sounds rumbling from the other side of the tracks. The album is a cool country-rock hybrid that is far removed from the lameness that is usually associated with the 21st century country music scene. The boot-stomping grit of Before She Does, an electric guitar steep number that has church wailing that Jesus will be back before the girl who left him, high and dry, sets the tone for the entire disc. Raw and Real pretty much sums up the 11-track collection, One minute, Church is reflecting on an old pair of boots that have seen him through many hard times. The next, he's slipping into the skin of a death row inmate in his final moments on the lump in the throat song, Lightning. He finishes by saying, if you look up the word authentic in the dictionary, you just might see a picture of Eric Church.
1: I feel like we need to check on this guy because I feel like he was not prepared for how the rest of the 21st century's country music was going to go. <laughs> I,
0: I know, I, I know. <laughs> like, uh, like if he was saying this in in 2006, like, right. man, he, yeah. he I, 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 can only imagine what he was saying about Florida Georgia Line and Sam Hunt. Uh, like,
1: he probably quit his profession. I don't know what he's doing now, but he's not reviewing country music.
0: <laughs> no. Like,
1: That's a good review, though. It
0: was really well written. I like that. Yeah, uh, I thought so too. It's and I think the when he closes it by saying "authentic," and I, we gotta take this in the context of we know who Eric Church is now and what he's become, but this was his first album, and he's saying this about him then.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. So. He hit
1: it on the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. That's what he did.
0: So, <laughs> this the second one. We got two more for you, folks. Okay. The second one has a little bit is a little bit more critical, and right. there's there's a lot of in hindsight some pretty funny stuff in this one. So, um, it was written by Jonathan Keith from Slant Magazine. They do reviews of movies, music, everything. Uh, so his review reads. <laughs> looking and sounding at first like a clone of the grotesque Daryl Worley. Oh. I'm going to pause there. What What, what? what did Daryl Worley ever do to this guy?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> right? Like, ah, what? Grotesque.
1: What? what?
0: Yeah. I was, and trust me, I, <laughs> I know what that word means, but, when I read this last night i I like right clicked on it and looked up the definition to make sure my eyes were reading correctly. like what the hell did? Um, but he continues by saying, "Church brings a degree of honesty and more than a few genuinely clever turns of phrase to his songwriting, given his debut album Sinners Like Me," far more meat than some of his contemporaries could hope to match." With so many acts in Nashville simply putting on a cowboy hat and screaming adult contemporary ballads and passing it off as country music, the authenticity of this first-person experience that Church shares in his songs, on his grandfather catching him sneaking his first beer on the standout title track, or to um, the best example, a little more refreshing, uh, is entirely effective in establishing a clear identity for Church as a country artist. The song How About You lifts its production from Dirk Spentley's A Lot of Leave Left to Do, while the remainder of the album alternates between traditional leaning mid tempo cuts that could pass for Joe Nichols or Blake Shelton and the harder edge country rock roll that sounds like Keith Anderson and Jason Aldean. Given the strength of his songwriting, it's a shame that Church's debut sounds so anonymous. That's the review.
1: I feel like the reviewer guy didn't even know what he was talking about. He, like, flip-flopped a lot on that. Like, did he actually enjoy it, and was he just saying things to be controversial? I don't know. That was interesting. But, um, yeah, I didn't really hear any, like, Joe Nichols in there. <laughs> to be honest.
0: No. All, all I know is, like, Daryl Worley must have, like, dated his ex girlfriend or something like that, like I, I, for real. Like, two thousand six. I, I mean, Daryl Worley was he has some hits yet? I think in the later mid late two thousands, but like what? But yeah. Anywho, um, and then the last review CMT um, by Edward Morris. So I'll kind of give you the the highlights here. He did a formal interview, but also gave his input. Um, so the review goes. There's an audible swagger in Eric Church's songs that you don't hear when he talks one-to-one about the things dearest to him, particularly his family. When he calls CMT to discuss his new album, Sinners Like Me, he's still thinking about a recent appearance on the Grand Ole Opry and the family memories it stirred. Made up entirely of songs Church wrote or co-wrote, Sinners Like Me praises the same blue-collar verities that Gretchen Wilson celebrates— Hard work, hard-headedness, learning through experience, black-and-white morality, and the consumption of cheap beer and whiskey. But the album is also spotted through with pieces that dwell on life's complexities and larger meanings. What really sets Sinners Like Me apart, though, is the tight, bouncy instrumentation that seems always on the verge of exploding into brittle shards of sound. So... Kind of different than the first two, but
1: wow! Um,
0: that's,
1: yeah, more uh, very in depth, very um, descriptive. But it's also like they're giving descriptions without giving descriptions. Like I don't know what brittle sound really sounds like.
0: I know, like that's that's some of the things with some reviews. Sometimes it's like, are they just click like right clicking and hitting synonyms and shit like that? Oh,
1: for sure.
0: Right, like, yeah. I mean, it it reads really well, like it, it makes for a cool quote. Totally get it, but yeah. yeah, yeah, so
1: so it got really good reviews overall, but commercially didn't really hit its stride. And it makes me think of like two thousand six. Like, what like we're we listening to a lot of like Tim McGraw, Brad Paisley was probably at its prime. Like, what were we listening to that just like didn't really hit anyone's radar?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you mentioned Tim McGraw. I'm sure Kenny Chesney was big. Um, here, I just pulled up uh, some of the best hits from 2006. You had Carrie Underwood, Jesus Take the Wheel, Before He Cheats. Um, you had Rascal Flatts. You had Sugarland, um Kenny, Dirks. So, yeah. yeah. I can
1: see, like, him standing out, like. Between like Dirks and and stuff like that, I feel like maybe uh, Eric Church had more of an identity. Maybe knew more who he wanted to be as an artist. Where even like now, I don't really understand like Dirks' persona. I like it, but I just he's kind of been all over the place. Mm-hmm. But that's a different, different podcast altogether. So, yeah, I I like those reviews. I wonder if those same people reviewed his other albums and what they thought of them. But
0: oh, we will definitely look into that. Me, um, mouse in your pocket. Yeah, I have uh, my okay. friend Stuart here. Um, yeah. So when it comes to the singles, like we talked about earlier, how about you? Was his debut peaked at fourteen? Then he came out with two pink lines, peaked at nineteen. Guys I think like that
1: was the first. Sorry, keep
0: going. Oh, guys like me oh. peaked at seventeen, and then like we talked about earlier, sinners like me, fifty one. That's where it puttered out. So.
1: What a shame What a shame um, No, what I was going to say is Two Pink Lines I think was the first Eric Church song that I remember hearing And remember really liking I don't know what it was about that song Because again, this album came out when I was 12 So I wasn't really like Too aware of like what two pink lines Meant compared to one pink line <laughs> But you know, <laughs> I thought it was like a catchy like Toot, and I really liked that
0: song See, that and, was
1: basically
0: it. Yeah. And for me, I totally forgot about that song. So when I was oh, lo- really? yeah, when I was looking at it, I'm like, "Oh, this was a second single." And I listened to it and it, it honestly didn't sound all that familiar to me, which oh, really? I mean, in in my defense, I mean, let's we're talking 2006 here. This is pre Spotify, iTunes right. might have just been starting. And this was it it topped out at 19 on the country charts, so it wasn't like if I was listening to the radio, that it stood out as a top ten, top five hit. Um, but the music video is hilarious. It's great. Yes, it is. Um, it's.
1: But I also feel like it's it's, it's unique to church because he can take a story that we've never heard before. Like no one was really talking about, like getting a girl pregnant and just like when it's not sure, they just go their separate ways. But I also don't know of all the songs on this album. If he were to record it today, I don't know if Two Pink Lines would be a song of his.
0: No. And that's and that's the thing. We, we can get into that, like the hidden gems, because I do think there are some other songs on here. And again, maybe maybe they don't do as well commercially on radio. But I, right. I, I, when you look at this album, if you're going to tell me Two Pink Lines is one of the four best songs on the album... I would say right. you're completely wrong.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, I agree. So my hidden gems, I'll just list these two off really quickly. Honestly, I love the entire album. Every song is so well done. Um, but the two that stood out to me were These Boots and What I Almost Was. But I'm not the church enthusiast that you are, so I'm really curious to hear what your hidden gems are. <laughs>
1: um, so honestly lately it's been lightning and i don't know ah. if you know the story behind this song but this is a song that got church his publishing deal really and yeah um it was also they made a music video for it and if you get the chance holy buckets like it's a mini movie within like three and a half minutes it's so good it's so powerful and i've also read I don't know if it was both, but Luke Holmes and I think Ray Fulcher, because I think they're both from North Carolina, like like churches. Um, I remember reading somewhere that they both like, saw him in concert and he played this song, Lightning. And it kind of struck them that they're like, this is, this is what we want to do. We want to go, we want to write songs like this. And that kind of inspired their career paths, which I think is really cool. Um, but other than that, Depends what kind of mood I'm in. If <laughs> I'm driving down the road. Um, living part of life is kind of just uh, a fun, uh, just kind of screw it attitude song. Um, and then Pledge Allegiance to the Hague has kind of been really my jam as of late. Um, other than that, These Boots and Sinners Like Me. Sinners Like Me is probably my top mm-hmm. one. I think it's, it's so powerful because you have like the rockin' church side who talks about, you know, smoking weed and drinking and, and all this and then he has a song like this and when you get to like the last chorus about going to heaven with all the other sinners like you, I just think it's like it's classic church on his first album. <laughs> like that's I don't know. It's it's so good. It's if you if you asked me for one song to sum up Eric Church, it would be that song.
0: And I think the interesting thing with church, and I think obviously this goes for every artist, where some artists just, if you listen to them in your car, it relates better, and you're like, dang, this is a great song. Where other times it's like, if you're just staying in, and whether it's on your iPhone, on a record player, whatever... I feel like this Eric Church album and a lot of these songs if you just let them spin and you don't have any distractions and you're just listening to it like this is art like when you talk about music being art yeah. like that's that like yeah there's yeah. sure there are some songs in here that drive down the highway yeah you want to jam out to but the majority of it you're just you're sitting there just enjoying the music and that's I think that's the thing that sticks out to me about this album and obviously Every other album Church Church has put out too. Um.
1: Yeah, it's just like all the songs like make sense. Like I know he said like Two Pink Lines" probably wouldn't be a song that he would cut these days, but as a whole, the album feels very—I don't want to say like coherent—but it, it all makes sense. They're all like puzzle pieces that it fits together. It's not like it all tells a story, but all the songs not one song feels out of place or as like a filler song. They just needed like an extra one to to meet whatever standards they needed to. And I think that's part of the art that you said. And I, I agree. I can listen to this in my car, driving 75 miles an hour down the highway, or I can put it on my record player and just sit and listen to it. And that's, that's rare. I feel. And that's what makes the greats, the greats.
0: Totally agree. Uh, so one of my favorite rom cons of all time is Hitch. My dude <laughs> my dude Will Smith, right? So he's he's a matchmaker. <laughs> oh. We're we're gonna get there. So Okay. He's he's the the date doctor, right? He's the matchmaker. Yes. So if if you were Alex Hitchens and you were the matchmaker, when you look at this album, is there a song or two that when you hear that wasn't released as a single that you're like, you know what? If I worked in at a label or whatever, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to this artist and be like, hey, you need to go talk to church and see if you can record this song as an upcoming single. Is there are there any songs on this album that you hear and are like, oh, this artist should totally cut it? Um, I see a lot of
1: like Luke Combs and and Eric. I feel like Luke Combs might be. I'm not gonna say like Aaron Church too because I still feel like Luke's maybe a little more um like mainstream country than than churches. But um songs like what I almost was or can't take it with you, I could hear him singing. Um, and also just because I know that church really admires like Ashton McBride and all that she's doing, um I don't know. It'd be fun to see her like take a song and flip it to like a, a female's perspective. Uh, I don't, you I, know, maybe I lo- like before she does, but maybe before he does, you know, something like that or, or girls like me, something like that. Um, I just think that'd be kind of interesting.
0: I hadn't, I didn't even thought of that, but I love that idea of Ashley McBride. That's yeah. so great. Uh, no, for me, honestly, with, when it comes to Eric church, it's really hard to think of another artist that (sighs) should even try to attempt to cut an Eric Church song, but I'm in complete agreement with you. If there was one, it would totally be Luke Combs. Um, just because, yeah, there is some, there's the mutual respect and they've been on a song together and all that. But I, I do think Luke is able to bring in that traditional, somewhat of a rock vibe to it. Um, yeah. And, I, I picked out Living Part of Life as potentially one of them just because it's a little bit more stripped-down, casual-ish, but, yeah, it's, yeah, if there was ever going to be an artist to, to recut an Eric Church song, it has to be Luke Combs or uh, Ashley yeah, McBride.
1: Yeah, definitely. I just think, yeah, you need someone who can hold their own and not, like, can make it their own but still do the original justice. I don't know. It just seems, yeah, it's tricky. You can't really... Uh, yeah, he's so uniquely
0: himself. And his son comes on, you're like, oh, that's that's Eric Church. Like, I can't imagine anyone singing it, but, but yeah. Uh, so we know the Olympics are not taking place this year, but we can still have our own Olympics. We can have our own medal stand, right? Okay. So the Eric Church medal stand, does this album, centers Like Me, make the podium or is it looking at the the top three
1: um yes i think i think it would take silver
0: oh wow
1: and i only say that because oh it's so hard oh it has like one foot on each because chief is so good chief is so so good chief is chief
0: is gold right
1: it's gold, cool, yes, for sure. I mean, that's when you get Eric Church with the hat and the sunglasses, and he's he's in his not he's not in his prime right now, but he's in his prime right there. He's getting the due recognition, but he's still being himself. But singers like me, it just like was that first step to get him there. So I would give it a silver. What would you give it?
0: Ah, Here is the thing: I'm I'm not an Eric Chu, Chu. Church. Eric <laughs> Church. Sorry, it's my second whiskey tonight. Uh, <laughs> I'm not an Eric Church like diehard and like enthusiast like you are, so I definitely put more stock into what you're saying than what I'm about to say. I, okay, I would I would leave it off of the metal stand just because I know I know we're we're talking about the album like the complete entirety of it. However, I do feel like on his his future albums, some of the singles he released were just so monstrous and so uh-huh. defining for that year or that two or three year period that I would leave it off, but okay. that's probably a mistake on my part. So
1: well, who would be on the podium? Would be on the stand. It doesn't have to be like an order, but which three would you, uh, uh you're de- I, I think like Mr. Misunderstood or, Carolina would get the bronze for me. I can't decide right now. That's a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah, so I have Chief and Mr. Misunderstood. Uh, For me, it it came down to um, Carolina or The Outsiders. And I know you're not a huge fan of The Outsiders album. but
1: Yeah. I mean, The Outsiders still had Talladega and That's Damn Rock and Roll, which had like Gimme Back My Hometown, Cold One. I mean, there's still a lot of good ones on there, so I can't be. I don't know. It's it's impossible. It's Sophie's choice. I don't want to pick.
0: But if okay, but I I think you you answered. I think you answered correctly. Where if if you're quarantined and you can only listen to three Eric Church albums, you're 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 going to listen to sinners like me. That's one of the albums you're going to pick, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's fair. If you're listening, I would definitely lean towards Emily because, well, <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm turning him into a little church choir boy, though. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, you're slowly slowly but surely. I've, I've always been a fan, but I've just never been, I've never been the fan level where to like a Phil Vassar where I'm like screaming every word <laughs> and like I'm throwing out song suggestions for the guy, but <laughs> we're we're fast approaching it with church. Um, Oh, Lord. (laughs) So I have a few final thoughts, then I'll hand it over to you for the final thoughts, to put a bow on it. But I I think this album, it was Eric church before he became Eric church. And I I just think that's such, so cool. I would love to take a time machine back and just kind of get a sense of what was going on and just kind of get a sense of what people are talking about with Eric church. Like who's this new guy? Uh, The songwriting absolutely kills like, if I strongly suggest, as you listen to this, if you listen to it twice, listen through it at least one time while looking at the lyrics. I think it just makes it that much damn better. So, um, and like I said earlier, a uh, bit of a revisionist history. If this album was released next month, the singles would chart way higher, and this would this album would stand up, and it would it would definitely be on the podium. I think so. Maybe 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 that. Yeah, maybe that actually does lead in credence to the point that it should be on the podium. So I'll, I'll have to remake this. But Emily, I'll hand it to you for your final thoughts when it comes to this debut album from him.
1: Well, you know, as you we were talking, I was kind of thinking. So this was released in 2006, it's 2020. We've never had like an Eric Church Greatest Hits album. And I don't know if that's just, like, him not being into that kind of thing or, like, him not wanting to um, put uh, an album out there where it's all songs we've heard before just to, to gain a buck. Hmm. I feel like that could very much be, like, Eric Church's way of thinking. be like, I don't want my fans to go out and spend money on something that they already have and put, like, an extra two or three new songs on there. And it's, like, not his way of doing things. That's, like, my thought process. But I'm also... I'm a big fan, but I don't know him personally, so I can't say that. But um, <laughs> anyways, sinners like me, all I'll say about it is, like, it's never too late to go back and listen to good music. Um, his songs don't age. I mean, it's not like you listen to it like, oh, that's totally 2006. No, it's good music. Um, I don't know. I wasn't prepared to write a monologue here at the end. I, I will just, like, defend Eric Church to my death. And I just think it's cool that his first album um, was so, I'm going to steal one of the critics' words, authentic. Um, Mm -hmm. We didn't know it at the time that it was so authentic, but it is. It was him to the core, and I think all the the songs on there are proof of that. And I just think everyone should listen to it and at least appreciate some good music. That's all I have to say. I mean, what, what more can I say? I could talk
0: to hours about it, but I won't. No, nothing, nothing more is needed. That was a perfect finale. <laughs> uh, no, this, this was fun. Thanks for choosing this one as the album we should review. I'm uh, glad you liked it. I got a ton of enjoyment from it. It's going to be on repeat the rest of the week. I'll add it to my <laughs> current playlist. It's great. So
1: I'm so glad
0: folks check it out. Listen to it. Let us know what you think. What are your favorites? What aren't your favorites? That kind of thing. So, um, yeah, we'll have to figure out what album we're gonna do next, but uh, this was fun. I enjoyed this one.
1: Good, I'm glad. I uh, hope that when you choose the album next time, I enjoy it as much as you enjoyed this one.
0: <laughs> so, which Taylor? Uh, well, I'm just kidding.
1: Uh, one of her early ones, I would not mind. <laughs> all
0: right, we'll we'll figure something out. It, it won't it won't be Taylor. We won't do that one for a while yet. Uh, Well, Thanks for listening to the album collection Uh, Make sure you hit the subscribe button Leave us a review Uh, We also have the Video Vault Podcast where we take a deeper dive And chat about Fun country music videos over the years So check that one out as well As always you can find us on RaisedOnIt.blog We're on all the socials um, if you're on, if you're on, I'm gonna go on a little mini rant here, but if you're on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we post something, you, and yes. we post something you don't like, that's fine. You can let us know. But honestly, most of the time, you're just you're looking like some guy yelling at a brick wall. So, you know what? That's all I got to say.
1: Um, Are you a, talking about the guy who thought that George Strait was like too pop country?
0: <laughs> yeah. And the same guy commented on our uh, our March Madness poll today. So, um, oh, really? Yeah, I'm about to respond to him with a clever meme. And yeah, that's just the millennials in me. And uh, anywho, look
1: forward to
0: it. I'm rambling right now. But again, subscribe, leave us a review, listen to this album Sinners Like Me from Church. What more can you ask? <laughs>